0: Welcome to the 2018 Prima podcast series. My name is Shonda Ragland, I am the Director of Education and Training at Prima. On this Prima podcast, Eric Patton will discuss managing comorbid conditions. Eric is the Senior Director of Clinical and Education Services at One Call Care Management. As Senior Director of Clinical and Education Services, Eric oversees teams of clinical specialists in nursing, PT, and hearing aids. Eric and his team review large loss complex files, helping to address issues related to comorbid conditions and identify opportunities for savings and improved care. Through this review process, they work closely with centers of excellence in rehabilitation to enhance claimant recovery and return to work results. And they proactively evaluate and coordinate the needs of the injured workers prior to discharge from the hospital to ensure a seamless transition of care to inpatient facilities or to home. We will also be joined by Taekwan Gilbert, a member of Prima's education and training team. Taekwan will moderate the discussion. Enjoy the podcast.
1: Eric, thank you for joining us today. What are comorbid conditions and
2: what are some examples? Comorbid conditions consist of pre-existing conditions that that injured claimant may or may not have. And I say that only because sometimes when there's an injury, these comorbid conditions rise to the surface. Some folks walk around with diabetes and not know they have it. So those comorbid conditions are obesity, diabetes, hypertension. We get into depression and anxiety from a mental health issue. However, there's some factors there as well with the chronic opioid use. We're starting to see a lot more of those mental health issues affecting and impacting the claims. And then we can also talk about tobacco use as well as substance abuse. Tobacco use didn't really show too much in lines of it altering the length of disability as well as the medical spend. However, long-term tobacco use would probably have something to do with perhaps hypertension, cardiac issues, as well as perhaps obesity and affecting the diabetes if it was there as well.
1: What kinds of complications do comorbidities create for workers' compensation claims?
2: So there's been a lot of studies that have been done. The NCCI research brief uh, done in uh, 2012, October 2012, after studying it for about a nine-year period, showed that there was three times the increase in comorbid factors as it impacted the work comp case, what that meant was it was two times more the medical costs that people were spending, adjusters and claims professionals were spending based on those comorbid factors. We're also seeing a delayed in healing as well as a longer length of recovery as well as medical spend, as I said before. Example, uh, Duke University did a study back in 2014, which uh, showed that two times as many work comp injuries were filed for those patients who were obese as well as seven times the higher medical claims cost relative to that uh, particular comorbid factor, obesity. And they also noted that there was 13 times more days from a work injury versus or a work illness than missed, if you will, than any other type of common flu or cold or virus. So those are some. The other thing is, is it really primarily is the impact of the medical spend and the length of disability. If those comorbid factors are not under control, we're seeing a longer recovery time, and we're also seeing a longer or more spend based on those comorbid factors impacting that compensable claim.
1: What happens when a comorbid condition goes unmanaged? What are the long-term repercussions? And how could that affect the workers' compensation claim?
2: So some of what in that question, some of the um, – we've already answered some of that. So let's, let's break it apart a little bit. Uh, that comorbid condition being unmanaged. So if you've got a partic- – we'll use diabetes as an example. If you've got an example of a patient who has diabetes, they're injured on the job, the claim is compensable. They get into a healthcare system. They're going through the normal routine. Uh, We see emergency room. We see a follow-up with a specialist. We may or may not have had surgery or an open wound where there may need to be sutures or some type of surgical closure. Those particular cases, we're seeing a lengthier disability or a longer-term disability or return before we get them back to work. So, in other words, it's infection, it's uh, longer length of disability, increased cost in medical spend. And what you're seeing is that we're starting to see this truly impact, as I said before, the, the, the length of out-of-work, that increased in cost. The, the claim specialists are starting to set their reserves higher because there's comorbid factors. Now, if you put two or three comorbid factors onto a case, we're really looking at that delayed length of uh, disability or that, inc- that increased recovery. So by tightening up that comorbid factor, perhaps it's high blood pressure and we need to get that under control, and perhaps it's a change in a regimen in medication or in diabetes, maybe it's a matter of tightening up the diet as well as adding some sort of even if it's just table exercises or in bed exercises especially if they are you know bedridden for a week or two and unable to move based on that diagnosis or that compensable injury perhaps we're doing something to kind of change those blood sugars and sometimes it's increasing or changing the med- medication regime to tighten it up and so what we're seeing is claims adjusters are starting to slowly take and set aside a certain amount so that they say, hey, we'll pay for nutritional counseling for a short period of time so that we can tighten up your blood sugars or we can tighten up your blood pressure so that we can improve the recovery of that compensable injury that we're responsible for. So they'll put a time frame behind it or they'll put a medical spend behind it saying that we will pay X number of dollars and utilize it and kind of steer them through the healthcare process. So again, that compensable claim is truly their responsibility, the claims professional, but they're also looking at those comorbid factors and kind of dipping their toes in the water, if you will, and starting to say, hey, let's connect you with your health insurance. Let's work together as a clinical team as well as a recovery team from a comp standpoint to get you a little bit tighter in your comorbid condition so that we can improve our length of disability and reduce our medical spend.
0: We hope you're enjoying the podcast. I would like to take a moment and invite you to Prima's 2018 Annual Conference, June 4th through 6th in Indianapolis. Here's some words from Prima's meetings manager, Monique Gilliam regarding Prima's Annual Conference.
1: Our annual conference is the leading event for public risk management professionals and provide a unique opportunity for attendees to connect with and learn from peers and thought leaders from inside the industry. Prima will be offering over 50 educational sessions this year, including our first-ever cyber symposium brought to us by the Department of Homeland Security. You can find out more information about Prima's 2018 Annual Conference by visiting Prima's website, www.primacentral.org, and click on the Annual Conference logo.
0: To learn more about Prima's Annual Conference, visit primacentral.org.
1: What treatment considerations must be made for an injured worker with one or more comorbid conditions?
2: So we have to look at the, and we've done this, and we're starting to do this a lot better as a um, industry, looking at the workers' comp claimant, if you will, as a whole. So we're not only, and I just spoke a little bit about this in the previous question, but some of it is we're not solely looking at just the compensable injury. We're looking and noting at those other factors that may impact that compensable injury. So we're seeing uh, one or two more comorbid factors. We're seeing an increase in that length of disability, so we know that getting out of the coming out of the gate from that compensable injury. So we're being a little bit more proactive. The other thing is you're starting to see the employers start to get involved in this as well, where they're starting to implement wellness programs. Wellness programs are only as good as those involved in them, and then you also have that compliance piece from the wellness program. But employers are looking to kind of improve their employee base. Help programs, so that when there is an injured injury on the job, that injury is linked. The disability and medical spend is less, and so therefore, if there are one or two more comorbid factors, it is being more carefully managed and being managed proactively. Really working in that group process, working with the group help uh, folks, working with the employee help folks, working with the claimant themselves as well as the adjuster to kind of connect all the dots.
1: How do comorbidities affect recovery and medical costs?
2: So we've talked about this throughout all of the questions, but it is an increase in reserves, a longer length of disability. And so those injuries that, and not any injury is typical, but uh, those injuries that are a little bit more simpler in nature, slip and fall, fracture, six to eight weeks, is becoming 12 to 16 weeks. So we're seeing that those links to disabilities are extending. And by being a little bit more proactive and really getting in front of this and treating not just the compensable injury, but looking at that group approach, looking at that team approach of involving others, we're um, able to actually decrease that link to disability and get it closer to a normal 8 to 12 weeks versus that 12 or 16 or 20 weeks for a fracture and really kind of tighten up that medical spend so they're not spending two to three times more the amount of medical reserves than necessary because there's a comorbid factor.
0: We have reached the end of our podcast. Thanks so much, Eric and Taekwon. Please visit the Prima website to listen to other Prima podcasts, join upcoming Prima webinars, read Prima blogs, and learn about additional Prima educational resources. Be sure to check us out on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and our very own Prima Talk.